believer in diversity and inclusion of people. I, I believe that as long as we manage to integrate all these kinds of people in our society in sports, then sports is one of the keys, one of the tools uh, to integrate those people and help these people to get out if it's from a bad situation financially or, or if they're mentally in, in, a bad, in a bad condition or if they are special needs kids who just need the little push to integrate the society normally and work with uh, normal, I would say, you know, right. it's not really normal. We are not yeah. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Sporting Global Podcast. And today I'm here with Itamar all the way from hot Valencia. How is, how are you and how's Valencia? <laughs> Hey, Ole, thank you very much for having me. Enjoying the sun, you know, uh, mid-December already, and it's sunny over here in Valencia, a very lovely city. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm having a good time. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. I mean, like, as, as of, like, you know, winter in Norway right now, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm tempted to kind of, like, switch seats with you right now. <laughs> you know, get that 25 degrees, and then you can get a little bit, you know, four degrees like minus and like some cold cold winter what do you say <laughs> i i think you have been inv invited more than once to come visit us and it's already on it's planned yeah, yeah. So. No, we we will be there you know in march 2022 so it's gonna be a lot a lot of fun but uh anyways you know itamar of course like we're here to talk a little bit about you about your you know background but also a little bit about some of the new programs you know that are happening you know with esbs and by almost in that sense too but i wanted to just you know if you could just lay out a little bit of like how your journey in the sport industry began, like just take us through, you know, your story here. Definitely. Well, I would, well, my mother is always, has always told me that already when I was in her womb, I was already kicking a ball and <laughs> I was already into football and she could, she could already feel it. So yeah. very early when I was four or five, I already started, well, my family is coming from a very sporty background. My dad was playing tennis and boxing when he was younger back in France. My mother was a, a gymnast and she was a, a rhythmic gymnastics uh, when she was younger. So I have this background in the family and, and I always been into sports and being, uh, well, my dad always pushed me to do some sports. So very early, four or five years old, I started to play for a grassroots program uh, back in the city where I was live, a small town uh, in the suburbs of Jerusalem. Uh, this grassroots programs uh, was connected uh, to uh, also Beitar Jerusalem, which is the main football team in Jerusalem area, and later Apoel Jerusalem, uh, which is uh, also the second team or second team in Jerusalem uh, uh, in, in in terms of in terms of, of size and academies and all. Um, I also continued during the years competing in athletic uh, competitions when I was uh, in school. You know, as a young as a youngster of, of eight, ten, nine, ten, uh, for long jump, high jump, and 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 also short short um, short runnings uh, like 60 meters, 80, 100 meters, one kilometer, 200. Uh, I have a. It was varied. I played also basketball at the age of 15, and I think I, I've tried almost every sports possible during the years. While my my biggest love was always. Uh, the football and I, I was uh, training five times a week um, back in my town uh, and trying my luck obviously in the in the uh, in the professional clubs. 
Um, when I was 17, I was offered to join a Paul Jerusalem senior team uh, under, a, 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 under a contract. Unfortunately, just before uh, I got injured in my ACL, torn my ACL, torn my meniscus, and uh, the doctor told me I have to stop playing football and training at least for one year and a half. Right. Um, in Israel, it's, it's pretty complicated because if you're not playing actively before joining the mandatory service when you reach the 18, so in Israel, uh, I don't know if anyone uh, is aware, so it's mandatory for men's and women's to uh, serve the country for three years. Um, when you are not an active player at least a year or two before, um, uh, then there's a quota of excelled players and you're not entering this quota, then you need to join a normal base and sometimes even not going out during the week. So obviously continuing in sports is almost impossible. Right. Just before, just before like uh, entering the army, I had one friend which, has, uh, which is a little bit older than me, uh, and he's specialized in education of special, special needs mm. kids uh, in football, through football. Yeah. Uh, he's a PhD in this subject. He told me, well, Itamar, I know you've been a very good uh, football player. You have six months now at home recovering from your injury. I need some help uh, opening a new program of special needs coaching, special needs uh, kids in football in order to build their confidence, in order to help them integrate. And that was uh, more my professional start as a worker, as a professional in, in, in the world of sports um, with a little bit, of course, a gap of three years when I was in the army, I didn't work in it, um, but obviously doing lots of sports activities <laughs> as part of our training. Uh, and afterwards- uh, you know, for sure. What is it? Staying fit, you know? Staying fit, staying always on point, you know? <laughs> right. Um, technically, after the army, he approached me again and told me, well, last time you worked with me in this special needs program that is now a very successful, the most successful, successful one actually in Israel for special needs education through sports. It's called Derecha uh, Sport or the way of sport uh, in Israel. Uh, I joined him also in the grassroots team, the regular team for regular, regular or uh, kids who doesn't have these difficulties, of course. And, um, and I became a football coach, coaching teams in the regional leagues and uh, around Jerusalem, uh, competing with all the big clubs. Uh, I was the under 13 and under 11 coach and managed also the grassroots program of 150 kids. It was all during my, my uh, first uh, studies, my first degree, um, mm. while I was also doing the UEFA B uh, coaching certificate at the same time. So I'm a, I'm a today a UEFA B instructor, football instructor holder certificate of the certificate. Yeah. And uh, well, I, I think this is a, a quite brief explanation about how did I manage to enter the world of sports and how did it all started? It, it, it all starts with kicking the ball early, right? <laughs> yes, already in the womb, like I said. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think uh, there's a lot of moms there, uh, out there that can, that can say that. I think uh, my mom said the same. <laughs> 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 you know, it's, uh, it, I mean, like, it's, it, it's all part of that, you know, journey of like just you know, being, being part of like, uh, you know, community. And I think it was very interesting for, for, for me as well, just hearing like, 
just you trying all these different kind of sports right and and also even like after you you know had your injury of like you know being able to give back you know to the community and i think that that must have been you know quite a uh, you know fruitful experience for you just you know getting close to that and, and and you know working with special needs of course as well like it's a very important you know aspect of of, of and, and you just kind of like get an essence as well of you know how important sports you know can be you know for for every every person out there and i think that's a very you know key key lesson for people to 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 get that you know different kind of viewpoints in their in their build up for their professional sports career you know whether that's you, you want to work for a professional team maybe someday like get to see how it is grassroots you know i think i think that's a very something that every every person out there should do to be fair well i i i'm a big believer in diversity and inclusion of people i i believe that as long as we manage to integrate all the kinds of people in our society in sports then sports is one of the keys one of the tools uh, to integrate those people and help these people to get out if it's from a bad situation financially or or if they're mentally in, in a bad in a bad condition or if they are special needs kids who just need the little push to integrate the society normally and work with uh, normal I would say you know right. it's not really normal we are not yeah. no one is normal but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I totally get that. And, and I mean, like, you know, just having that experience as well, it's just, you know, something that helps you build, you know, your character and identity as well, you know, and, and I wanted to touch a little bit upon like, you know, uh, you know, obviously for the last five years, we, you've been living in five different countries, which is, you know, probably a record of some sort. <laughs> I, I, I think for, for a podcast guest, that, that must be like a record uh, so far, at least. So what kind of, I guess like, you know, just living in this, you know, five different countries, you know, in five years, what key lessons, how you learn about, you know, people on one side and then culture. And, and I guess in a sense, the importance of, of sports and education. And you were talking a little bit upon that in terms of, you know, the, the special needs and like, you know, the diversity, but what, what is it like the, the five last years taught you about this? So, well, coming back or jumping back on, on my answer before, just before, like I said, diversity is a very important, it's a very important aspect for me in this world. Yeah. Uh, living in those different five countries, which has five different cultures, Australia, Spain, France, Israel, and the UK, have taught me a lot about different cultures, different people, their habits, their way of living. And I think it's very important to always respect those cultures, always uh, put in front of you and remember that people are coming from a different background. And doesn't matter what they have gone or undergone in their life, uh, I think that uh, during our life, we have many events that are out, are, are influencing us as a person. Um, and when I was there, I think that all those events together uh, made me the person that I am, accepting more, uh, wanting at least to be, uh, accepting the people, um, you know, being open to new ideas, never, never ignore or cancel any opinion, listen to the people, you know, and, and learning from different experts, different cultures of work, each of them have their strengths, their pros, their cons, obviously learning and taking from each of those cultures, their strengths, at the end, I will have a whole set of bag of tools 
uh, that will allow me to, you know, with the mass communication of the world and this globalization that everyone is always around and we are traveling so easily, meeting so many people, working with, you know, I'm working with you and Eduardo, one in Norway, one from Brazil, right? Brazil, Eduardo, you know, Caleb, which is from Brazil, all our people that are around us. This is forming a new world, a new, a new way of living. And, and the most important is to respect each other, uh, to understand that we are coming from a different background and to learn from each other. Because um, in our conversation prior to the podcast, like you said, we always learn from each other and we gain uh, experience from each other. So I, I think this is uh, the most important. Be an observer, look at what people are doing and this is also something that I've tried to do always in my life. Before, uh, before I'm entering and you know being the the big voice who's shouting and speaking out loud and trying to be uh, the uh, the proactive in the room. First of all, observe, understand where you are, what are the kind of people around you, and yeah, I think that's that's me. <laughs> hey, that, that that's a good advice. We just wrap up the podcast with that, and, <laughs> and I don't know. We, we don't need any more advice at this point. No, but it's a, it's a really good. Uh, I think it's a really good. Uh, you know, essence and 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 you know as well. You know, as you were talking about, it's just having that observant role. You know, especially when when entering all these new kind of you know countries, cultures. You know, aspect is it's about you know understanding. You know how it is. You know being. Uh, in that position and, and i say this a lot too it's just you know as you were talking about really respecting people's culture and trying to adapt you know it's like i i, I got it like i mean like i only been living in the u.s but like even just going there right it's very different from norway and i said like i have to learn you know how they are doing it right and respect you know the culture that is here and and follow kind of like the norm right and same goes like i expect you know when people come to norway that they respect you know our our norms and, and our culture, you know, and we kind of like, you know, try to make things work in the best possible way. And, you know, I, with business as well, you know, talking and, and working with different kind of countries and, and organizations from all over the world, you, you have to respect their culture and trying to find, you know, ways to make things work. And at the end of the day, it's then, you know, like, be open to learning, you know, like with knowledge, you know, understanding and, and, you know, work on communication. Because at the end of the day, it's like, okay, we need to be able to communicate in order to make things work. So it's, it's a very key, key point you're bringing up here. I think that if we summarize it for two words, at least for me, it's interpersonal and intercultural communication uh, for both. Interpersonal, respect the people for who they are. Intercultural, respect the people for their background. Mm. Uh, remember, we are all coming from a different background. And I will wrap it up with this because I think it's already pretty clear, the idea. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and I wanted to, um, it's time to dive a little bit more into like, you know, the programs, the new things that are happening, you know, with your current, you know, role and everything. But I want to if you could share a little bit about the global sport business program by almost like first of all like what is this program all about and where can potential students you know get this certificate yes so the global sports business master is a program that has been created from the industry um, technically this program has been designed to suit all the needs that the industry is has now the sports industry has now and for our students to develop like a very in-depth 
expertise of the industry, of all the aspects of the industry internationally and globally. And this is why the global is the first world word uh, of the program. Um, the Global Sport Business Master is already existing since 2016 at Amazon. Most campuses. It started as a uh, as a uh, the format was only for French students, but in English at the beginning. Slowly, slowly trying trying to recruit more international students, yeah. and 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 now the yeah and now uh, expanding going to the we have the campus in the UK and the campus now uh, that has been acquired here in Spain, ESBS by Amos, which is our new brand name in our Amos Sports Business Schools group. Uh, which is very exciting for us, obviously. Uh, and this is also a, 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 one of the reasons that I think they choose uh, me to do this, you know, because now we are working on recruiting international people uh, with my experience in, in, in traveling and, and living in different countries. Um, I think that um, I don't want to speak a lot about myself too much, but right. I have this... I have this approach to uh, to international student um, and and the global sport business master. If if you focus on on, on the the central central part of it, uh, it's it's a very practical master. Okay, we are speaking about. Uh, working in the industry uh, and being always on point, and that's why also Barbara Duarte, which is the uh, PhD uh, in, in sports and education, and she's working on the commercialization of this program. Uh, she's the manager of the international department at Amos. She's always looking for uh, new ways to adapt our program to the fast-changing industry, the fast-changing sports sector uh, that is always changing, innovating in the last years uh, with the digital uh, transformation that the world is going uh, is going through. Um, this program is an international program. We cover three different continents also. I mean, every, every semester uh, is focused on a different continent, uh, starting from European one, then the Asian one, and then the American, well, the Anglo-Saxon market, uh, yeah. starting, starting in Europe. Uh, the in, as part of the GSBM, the students are taking part uh, in the biggest sports retail conference uh, um, salon in the world, which is called uh, ISPO, and it's happening yeah. in Germany, in, in Munich, for five days, uh, where you where they meet hundreds of, uh, sorry, tens of thousands of professionals from the sports industry, different brands, networking with them, asking them how, how come this marketing strategy is going to be implemented this way, you know, and teaching them all of the aspects of sports retail as well. Uh, they're also, of course, during the semester, acquiring all the knowledge about the European industry. Uh, as part of the second semester, so we're rotating to Asia, you know, how come, you know, how much, sorry, uh, China especially is influencing China, India, or South Korea, Japan are influencing the sports industry in terms of innovation into sports, sports tech, and all of those. So we are focusing a lot on this. We have a one month seminar in China, uh, which is part of the program as well, where they're going to, to conferences with experts from the industry 
industry that are visiting in different sports sites, different sports venues, sports companies, uh, speaking with people. They have lecturers who are specified for this market. They're, they're learning some Chinese. They're learning Chinese culture to be on point on, on the cultural aspect like we initiated this interview speaking about cultural uh, differences and, and all. So uh, the same for the United States. They have a one month in the United States organizing, taking part in the organization of one of the marathons of Chicago, which is a main city in the United States for organizing these kinds of events. Uh, they will be there visiting the Chicago Bulls, uh, the mentoring program with uh, professionals from the WNBA and, and others. I. I believe I told you before I am an alumni of this program. I've been there. I've done that. Uh, I can tell you this is uh, the practical, uh, the practical approach. The way Amos is has tailored this program, and and now ESBS is also taking the Amos program. Is there's a reason those two brands has connected. We have a similar approach of practicality, international innovation. Uh, those are the key points uh, about the Global Sports Business Master. As yeah. part of the Global Sports Business Master, they will be able to travel during their second year to 47 different uh, universities across the world that we are partner with. Uh, doing a semester, a full semester with them and acquiring two different certificates, one from us, one from another university. It's a very flexible uh, in terms of internationalization. Mm. This program is flexible, uh, allowing the students to go and, and, and soak from different cultures and try to understand how to work in, in different countries. And, and I think this is, uh, this is the summarize or the most important things to know about uh, the Global Sport Business Master that we offer now. Uh, right. Also at Amos, as 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 uh, the same as ESBS, of course. Well, it's it's good to see it's you know branching out and you know giving more students an opportunity to you know as as you were saying as well, just having that practical approach to the industry, getting experience, getting to be physically you know at these locations as well and meeting people. Right at the end of the day, it's just you know, getting hands on, you know, with culture, with experience, with networking. And, uh, and yeah, it sounds like a really, you know, uh, great program for, for those that are, you know, looking for the next next step out there. Uh, you're also going to offer the Junior Master in Digital Transformation of Sport Entity, uh, Sport Entities by Global Sports Innovation Center. And uh, what can, I guess, potential new students gain from this program and experience? Like what what is this sort of like the key focus, I guess, in a sense of this, this junior master. That's interesting because this is a new entry. This is something that we've added lately to the program. And this is thanks to the partnership of ESBS with the GSIC, uh, which is allowing us now to integrate this in the, in the global sport business master. Uh, the junior master in digital, digital transformation of sports entities by the GSIC is a master that is allowing the student to uh, to learn from the experts of Microsoft about data analytics, VR, AR, Python, CRMs, and different aspects that if you look at the industry 10, five or 10 years ago, we, we were not speaking about that that much. I think that the biggest 
the biggest event that has started to to you know uh, say like um, explain to people how important this data is when Trent Alexander Arnold uh, uh, made uh, an assist on the half. A half final of the Champions League, yeah. which was afterwards told on the press that it was the data analytics uh, letting him know that Barcelona takes time to get reorganized for corners. So in, it takes seven seconds. It's coming from data, and I mean this is something that is very new. Uh, yeah. The students, when they will, you know, be part when they will acquire this all those those uh, new tools that uh, are part of the industry today that will offer them the opportunity, like I said at the beginning, to be on point and mm -hmm. to integrate the industry the fastest. I mean, what's better to have a student who will finish the industry and then the companies will be just choosing out of their CV or the company will say, okay, this guy has a specialized CV, which is what we are looking for or the way we are looking, we are looking on changing our company and Obviously, it will be an easy choice for the company to take this kind of, of profile um, later to into their company, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's, it's about, like, you know, specializing, you know, and I think it also gives the opportunity for, for, I guess, students out there as well to kind of, like, you know, find their path a little bit and just once you sort of, like, you know, you start almost like at, at sport administration, sport management, right, and then you kind of, like, what area do you want to go in, right? And then it gives you that opportunity to just fine-tune a little bit more specifically. And I think you will see more and more of, of those kind of like, I guess, specifically, you know, targeted targeted programs to help. And it may, I guess like in a sense, junior masters, maybe courses, like these kind of solutions to, to fine-tune your skills and knowledge, right? So whenever, you know, if you really want to work with data, like analytics in sports, like, okay, take take a program or course in that, or if you want to work more on like, you know, different kinds of sites, then you can specialize that. And that's going to help, you know, finding that career path. And I guess in a sense, the, the opportunities that are uh, suited for, for, for that, that choice and that person. But um, we have to talk a little bit about the Olympic games, you know, coming up in Paris, you know, very, very soon as well, which is, you know, they might ask like, why are we talking about that? But obviously it makes sense. So it's always, you know, valuable to, I guess, you know, two potential candidates that are want to work for the Olympic games in Paris to be close to where the action is happening. You know, it's kind of like, you know, self-explanatory in a sense, but it, 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 it's a good starting point. So I guess like, how are you and the ESPS, you know, and almost in a sense helping with this, with this process to making sure that these, they can be close to where the action is happening. Okay. So, first of all, like I said, our students, they will be able to travel and move from one campus to another when we are planning to open for the next intake for the 2022-23 intake. We are planning to open our brand new campus of ESBS at, uh, in Madrid. And we are at the same time also op opening a first year of the program in Paris, which nice. is where the Olympic Games are go going to happen. And there's a reason for this. Uh, I mean, Amos is getting ready. And like I said, always trying to be on point. Uh, so we, we will open those programs. We will allow our students, Amos, ESBS, we have this career department that is always looking 
for new professional experiences, for new internships, for new job positions. Uh, the career department is working 24-7 only on this aspect, okay? As part of the GSBM, they will have to do on their first year as well, there's a module who's speaking about professional experiences, meaning that every student is in the need, it's mandatory to be volunteering in at least two or three uh, big sports events. Okay, mm -hmm. so the Amos group is in a partnership with ISO, ASO, which is organizing the Tour de France, Rally Dakar, and, and very big sports events. Okay, Great. the SBS, they are partnered with all the companies that they are more expert, they have more expertise, of course, on the Spanish market. So for the Madrid side, um, yeah. with, with the Olympic Games coming and, and getting closer, I think that that Amos with our network of lecturers that are not only academic people, but they are professionals who are working in the industry and they have their own network and they are here to help our students. I have received beautiful hints, tips from, from my lecturers if I wanted to integrate later, uh, uh, whatever, in the, in, the, in the Olympic Games, in the World Cup, in, in the Euro, all of those. Uh, we always had at least one lecturer who had a connection here or a connection yeah. there. And I think this is, uh, this is the way, uh, at least in, in the last years, to succeed in the industry. The industry is growing a lot. And, and, if you have, uh, and if you have good connections, you know, the good people, you are situated in the site, you know, where the Olympic Games are going to happen. If it's for one semester or the full year, it doesn't really matter. Um, I think this network, this expertise, this lecturers, this practical cases of actually doing this is the ones that will allow our student to maybe later work. Well, I won't say maybe because I have one student who was with me in class, which was the one of the first 30 employees for the Olympic Games already two years ago in, in Paris, working working closely with Tony Estanguet, which is the, uh, the manager of all this operation. So it's possible, it's happening. Uh, it's something that we are looking for and very excited. I believe we will have, I hope we will have, and I believe also we will have the opportunity to send volunteers uh, to the Olympic Games or maybe to the events around right. and, and, all, and, and all of those. And, and yeah. Well, I mean, like it, it, it's, it's good that you kind of like talking a little bit about the flexibility as well, in a sense, right? Because it gives people uh, you know, an opportunity to like, oh, maybe I want, you know, spend one semester there or like, you know, maybe a full year, of course, but like just having that flexibility. And I think especially in today's, you know, fast paced, you know, life and like with the pandemic and like with, the, with everything going on, it's just like more and more like, you know, being able to be flexible and adaptable, not only from a student perspective, but from a program and like from, you know, these institutions and organizations that are in the industry, it's going to be critical for, you know, attracting the right kind of talent, the right kind of students and, and understanding that, okay, well, I have options, you know, you don't have, just have to be in one location and you can kind of like, you know, fine tune a little bit on where your path is taking you. And I think that's a huge, you know, upside on where the industry is going. It's, uh, the fact is we are not framing them in one path that you, they must walk in, you right. know. Uh, we offer them the opportunity to go to London, our campus in London, Amos London, to go to Madrid, the SBS in Madrid, maybe in Valencia next year for the second year. Who knows? We have many campuses. We have, like I said, uh, 45 and more uh, partners across the world, universities. So just choose, go wherever you want. <laughs> 
sub from which culture you want. I love the English Premier League, so I went to study at the UK uh, yeah. for my second year at the Amos London campus. If you like the Spanish culture, go and choose, uh, of course, Madrid or Valencia. And if you want uh, to be close to the Olympic Games, then go to Paris. It's that <laughs> easy, you know, with the Amos program. It's ju just a flight, you know, and then you'll... Yeah. <laughs> one hour, one hour 30. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so we're about to sort of like wrap up here with the podcast. And I wanted to just, you know, touch a little bit upon like, obviously we, we, we touched a little bit about like, you know, tips regarding culture with adapting to like, you know, taking, you know, exploring and being flexible. But if you wanted to like, just, you know, narrow it down a little bit to like a few, you know, key key tips that you have for any you know student out there that are looking for a sport program to start or or perhaps you know enhancing their career in the sport industry like what would be kind of like your your your, your few key tips here i think that my my biggest tip or uh, my biggest advice to students who wants to get start working in this industry is get out of your comfort zone and just jump on the opportunities that are given and presented to you i mean when i was when 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 i decided to leave israel which is a completely different culture and go to study in paris i was so afraid of what's going to happen i mean i've never studied in paris i've never uh i never had I mean, I have family in Paris, but I never had many friends. So the culture of the French people, I knew it from right. uh, from as as an observation, not as as integration. I think that was a good preparation for me to be observing uh, for many years, visiting my family who are living there, um, and 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 seeing how the culture worked. But really, is the most important is I think that um, luck favors the Braves. Uh, okay, so uh, once we once you get out of your comfort zone and you're trying new things, um, there's not nothing is bad is going to happen. And if something bad is happening, it's because it's part of a process and it's part of something bigger than you. So you need to accept it and follow and continue walking in the way, uh, trying to reach your, your your dreams. I mean, everybody can fulfill their dreams if they only want it. I'm a big believer in manifesting. I'm a big believer in in. In, in being positive and positive things will happen to you. So that's, well, always stay positive, get out of your comfort zone, try, network. Like I said earlier, networking is very important. Uh, getting from getting experience uh, and tips from people in the industry is very important. Read news about sports business. Always have whatever website open uh, join a platform like Sporting Global where they're offering different jobs so you can have an idea of what kind of jobs uh, you will have uh, you will have the possibility to hold later what kind of positions uh, and I think this is uh, this is my tip uh, in order to succeed at least I feel like it worked for me so uh, if it's not working, you can blame me. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, Edamar. I, I really appreciate, you know, you, of course, you know, coming here, taking your time, sharing your insights and tips. And uh, I think there's a lot of great, great potential, you know, ideas and concepts. And 
programs that that a lot of you know people out there that have been tuning in can can listen to and of course if you're still with us you know make sure to like the video if you haven't already subscribe to the youtube channel as well and sign up for sportingglobal.com if you haven't it's free you know you can connect with uh itamar you can you know um support the esps page the Amo sport business group page and a lot of cool stuff happening there check out the job opportunities of course as well and uh before we wrap up itamar i have a one right, challenge for one you challenge. You kind of like the challenges, I guess, in a sense. <laughs> talking, Let's go. talking to be out of your comfort zone. So, um, as a tradition on the Sporting Global podcast, we essentially teach everyone a little bit Norwegian. So, you got to learn some Norwegian. <laughs> Amazing. I love languages. I, I would love to. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, with every video we do, we always finish with Vi snakkes which means see you later in Norwegian. So that's what you got to say. There you go. Good job. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you right. very much, Ole. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for hosting on Sporting Global. And I'm available on LinkedIn for everyone who wants to contact, network, ask more questions about the program on the website, whatever you need. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Edamar. We'll, we'll talk soon. All right. <laughs>